Welcome to Double Truck Stories, the home to some of the best features, investigations, and character portraits from across ESPN. I'm Mike Philbrick, your host for the Double Truck Stories podcast. Remember to subscribe to Double Truck Stories podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone has a dream, but at some point, for almost all of us, reality steps in and it's time to walk away from that. Bears coach Matt Nagy was on that path as his NFL dream slipped away. A transition from the defunct Arena League to selling custom homes seemed to be working out better than anyone thought, thanks to someone seeing potential in Nagy. But that dream was still there, still lingering. And when a few long-shot opportunities came calling, Nagy didn't just jump, but was pushed by the man who took a chance on him when his NFL dreams were all but gone. Stick around after the story for my conversation with ESPN's Wayne Drays as we talk about how every dream needs a cheerleader. Now we present... From Selling Homes to the NFL, How an Angel Helped Matt Nagy, by Wayne Drays. As he strolled into the tiny, dimly lit, all-brick restaurant ten years ago, Matt Nagy had one goal, to put football in his past. But little did he know his three-hour dinner meeting would circuitously lead to the exact opposite. And the stranger he was about to meet, he would one day refer to as his angel. And it would all happen against the longest of odds. That word angel is more than a little humbling, says Larry Wisdom, the man at the other end of the table that night in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's embarrassing. I had no intention of hiring him. Ten percent chance? Maybe? And that's being generous. There's no rewriting history here. Instead, there's the unlikely tale of a man who was unemployed, out of football, and desperately seeking a job in new home sales, becoming the driving force behind the resurrection of one of the NFL's most storied franchises. In two seasons with the Chicago Bears, former coach Mark Tresman won 13 games. In three years, John Fox won 14 games. Matt Nagy has won 12 games and an NFC North championship in his first year. And the season isn't over. On Sunday, Nagy's Bears will host the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the opening round of the NFL playoffs. Ten years ago, Nagy tried to quit football. He failed. Now he's the favorite to win the NFL's Coach of the Year award and has a football-crazed city dreaming of the most improbable of turnarounds, from football laughingstock to Super Bowl champions. This is a great story, what's going on. Worst to first is hard. It's hard to do, says ESPN NFL analyst Lewis Riddick, who worked with Nagy in Philadelphia and has picked the Bears to go to the Super Bowl. This is a special, special season for this football team. I knew Matt would be good, with the potential to be great, But I didn't know he'd be this good, this quickly. Dinner with Nagy? Hell no. Fifty-one weeks ago, on a sunny but biting cold winter afternoon, Nagy stepped to the podium at Hallis Hall and officially took the reins as the 16th head coach of the Bears. He spent the first five minutes of his introductory news conference rattling off the names of family, friends, coaches, and teammates who helped him reach the pinnacle of football coaching. There was, of course, his wife, Stacy, and their four boys, his high school and college coaches, quarterback Alex Smith, with whom he worked closely in Kansas City, and a name few had ever heard of. Larry Wisdom, Nagy said that day. A guy nobody in here knows. He persuaded me to live that dream. I'm living the dream. And Larry, the dream came true. Somewhere back on the East Coast, Wisdom was chuckling. If he would have had his way, he and Nagy never would have even met. Back in the fall of 2008, as Wisdom cranked bench press sets at 4.30 in the morning, his personal trainer constantly badgered him about meeting his friend Matt Nagy about a potential job. Nagy grew up dreaming of playing quarterback in the NFL. 
But after a successful high school career at Mannheim Central in eastern Pennsylvania, he didn't receive a Division I-A scholarship offer. He ended up at Delaware, where he broke more than 20 passing records. But after graduating in 2000, he went undrafted. His NFL dream officially died after a free agent tryout with the Green Bay Packers on September 11, 2001. He joined the Arena League, where he threw for more than 18,000 yards and 374 touchdowns in six seasons. But after the 2008 season, the recession caused the league to fold. At 30 years old, with a wife, two kids, two more on the way, and a mortgage, Nagy needed more than just a job. He needed a new career. That was such a challenging time for me, financially and emotionally, Nagy says. But Wisdom, the president of a new home construction company, was fighting to save the employees he already had, not add new ones. This was a home-building operation, not a real estate firm, Wisdom says. People's lives were at stake. Builders are going bankrupt, companies are failing, and I'm going to meet someone with no experience about a job? It didn't make sense. But Wisdom's trainer, Steve Saunders, now the strength and conditioning coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, wouldn't quit. Saunders worked with Nagy when the quarterback tore his ACL in 2003. He knew the family, the work ethic, the drive. So every time Wisdom came into train, Saunders brought up Nagy. Eventually, the executive caved, if for no other reason than to stop the pestering. I said, all right, I'll talk with him, Wisdom says. Have him give me a call. And Steve goes, great, you'll have dinner with him. I said, hell no. Nagy's pitch. Ten minutes into that dinner, Wisdom realized this was far more than a favor for a friend. Wisdom found Nagy authentic, personable, smart, confident. He loved his communication skills, and he was drawn to his sense of humility and coachability. All the things people love about him in Chicago came across that night, Wisdom said. After three hours of conversation, Wisdom got to the point. I said to him, you're asking me for a role in which you have absolutely no experience, Wisdom says. A role that hundreds of other people would want. How can you possibly make the case that it would make sense for me to hire you? Nagy didn't flinch. He promised to outwork and out-hustle anyone in the company. He told Wisdom he'd do everything he could to learn, sell, and eventually become one of Keystone Custom Homes' leaders. Wisdom liked everything he heard, but worried about Nagy returning to football. His passion for the game was obvious. But Nagy promised his playing days were in the past. He talked it over with Stacy, and they agreed this was the best move for his family, to build a successful business career and volunteer as a coach on the side. After two more meetings, Wisdom offered Nagy the only position he could, given Nagy's lack of experience, a commission-based sales job. But with a growing family at home, Nagy needed a consistent income. He negotiated a salary of $100,000 a year, no commission. Wisdom agreed. It was instinct and guts, not exactly good business, Wisdom says. I was building for now and the future, and that's why I was willing to take the risk. I believed in Matt and what he could do for our company long term, says Nagy. For Larry to jump into my life and take care of me the way he did, it was just special. Sometimes I believe people are brought into your life for certain reasons, and he did that. He took care of me. Football comes calling. Nagy spent his first four months on the job learning everything he could about the Keystone Custom Homes operation. In June 2009, he was finally able to represent the company on the sales floor. And in four weeks, amid one of the worst real estate slumps in 50 years, Nagy managed to sell six homes. I began to see this vision I had for Matt's potential starting to come true, Wisdom says. But a month later, football came calling again. 
One of Nagy's Delaware teammates, Brett Veach, was working with the Philadelphia Eagles and invited Nagy to spend three weeks as a coaching intern during training camp. Nagy had interned with the Eagles the summer before, but now life was different. He was a few months into a promising new career. He had promised he was done with football. How could he ask for three weeks off? Veach reminded Nagy of the ramifications of saying no. Out of sight, out of mind, he explained. I always looked at him as a leader and a guy who had great ability to communicate and deliver a message, said Veach, now general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was one of those guys who instantly popped into my mind, knowing him as a leader, competitive, and a player, that he would be able to transition those skills over to the coaching side. Nagy called wisdom, explained the opportunity, and apologized for even bringing it up. He made it clear that if Wisdom didn't want him to go or if it would in any way jeopardize his standing with the company, Nagy would say no. Family was the priority. Wisdom instead said yes. I saw it as a business development exercise, Wisdom says. I figured he would come back and be on fire selling homes. I told him to go and get everything out of it that he could and when it was over, come back here and get back to work. Nagy did just that, with an asterisk. When quarterback Kevin Cobb sprained a ligament in his knee in training camp, the Eagles quickly signed Nagy to their 80-man roster. Opposing teams cried foul, insisting Philadelphia was roster-stashing by signing a coaching intern who had attended meetings and thrown passes during training camp drills. A day after Nagy signed, his contract was next. And when his internship ended, he was back selling homes. And never for a second did I have the thought it would happen again, Wisdom says. Go chase your dream. Eight months later, Nagy sat in his office in the converted garage of a spec home working on some closing papers for a sale when his cell phone rang. The area code read 215, Philadelphia. On the other line was Andy Reid, offering a full-time job as a coach's assistant with the Eagles for $45,000 a year. It was a huge pay cut, mostly grunt work, but he'd get his foot in the door. Reid told Nagy to talk it over with Stacy. That talk lasted two minutes. Before Nagy could accept, there was a phone call he had to make. It was a little after 10.30 at night when Wisdom's cell phone rang during a late dinner. He saw Nagy's number and assumed there was an issue with a customer. Wisdom stepped out of the restaurant two blocks from his home. As Wisdom listened to Nagy explain the opportunity with the Eagles, he could sense the uneasiness in his voice. He said, something about not wanting to let me down, Wisdom says. He was uncomfortable with breaking the commitment he had made. I told him, Matt, you did the integrity thing. You were straightforward and honest with me. There's something bigger going on here. Go chase your dream. Neither one of us knows where it's going to lead. Go chase your dream. Nagy took the pay cut and bet on himself. For a year, he woke up at 3.30 in the morning and drove 100 miles each way from Lancaster to Philly. Some nights he would just sleep in the Eagles' offices. He tried to soak up everything he could from Reed and the entire Philadelphia operation. He did a lot of the dirty work and the grunt work for Andy, says Riddick, whose office was just down the hall from Nagy. I sat in on a lot of game plan meetings. He'd come ask me a lot of things that I said I saw versus what he saw. I knew he had a great football mind, says Nagy. I was the assistant to the assistant. Once I got in the door, I knew I would make it. If you're given a chance and you're driven and obsessed and consumed when given the opportunity to prove people right, the sky is the limit. Each step along the way, Nagy followed in the footsteps of Doug Peterson, whom he'll match up against on Sunday. In 2010, when Reed promoted Peterson to quarterback's coach with the Eagles, Nagy bumped up to quality control coach. When Peterson became the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, Nagy moved up to quarterback's coach. 
When Peterson took the Eagles' head job in 2016, Reed promoted Nagy to offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. It was easy for Matt to climb the ladder, Veach says. He came in and quickly gained the trust of not only the players, but the coaches. Two seasons after becoming Reed's offensive coordinator in Kansas City, Nagy became head coach of the Bears. The journey from new home salesman to NFL head coach was complete. Wow, Veach says. When you phrase it that way, it's kind of silly. But with Matt, I don't think there's anything from a talent or coaching standpoint that would have held him back. It's just a matter of him getting an opportunity to fulfill his dream. I think the sky is the limit for him. Says Nagy, If you were to say to me ten years ago that you would be given these opportunities, what would you do with them? I would tell you I'd be right here. Nagy admitted this week that after the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, he told Peterson at the NFL owners' meetings this past offseason that he planned on following Peterson's lead all the way to the Vince Lombardi Trophy. He probably doesn't want to hear that right now, but I'm trying to stick on that path, Nagy says. A surreal experience. This past May, ten years after their first dinner in Pennsylvania, Matt Nagy and Larry Wisdom met each other at another restaurant, this time in Nagy's new home of Chicago. The two stayed in touch over the years, with Nagy hosting Wisdom at occasional Eagles practices and Chiefs games, but this meeting was a bit extra special. Wisdom grew up just outside Chicago in a family full of diehard Bears fans. He loved Ditka, tolerated Wanstead, appreciated Lovey, and lost hair over Tressman. Now his former employee, his friend, would be the one stomping along the Soldier Field sideline leading his favorite football team. It's surreal, Wisdom says. For Larry to be a diehard Bears fan just shows how crazy life is, Nagy added. Wisdom hadn't been waiting long when Nagy walked into the restaurant in May. He gave Nagy a hug and told him he had two things to get off his chest. I told him, one, you're not all that, Wisdom laughed. You're a work in progress. And two, when we sit down, people's heads are going to swivel and look our way. Somebody's going to ask for an autograph, probably my autograph. Just deal with it. Comes with the territory. Just go with it. And we can get through this dinner. Over the span of a couple hours, Nagy and Wisdom joked, laughed and reminisced. They talked about family and faith and Nagy's ideas on how to build a winning culture with the Bears. And they reflected on the unlikely path that brought them to this point. It was a very serious agenda, Wisdom says sarcastically. I had to give him all those trick plays. The next day, Nagy gave Wisdom a tour of Hallis Hall. Since then, Wisdom has followed this Bears season as closely as any, keeping in touch with Nagy through texts along the way. And he can't believe the Bears are three wins away from the Super Bowl, thanks in large part to the man he met in Lancaster that night trying to put football in his past. I'm so excited for Matt, of course, Wisdom says, but I'm just as excited as a Bears fan. We won a Super Bowl, and I know he's wired to lead us there. It won't be because he's waving a magic wand or calling the right plays. It's about his leadership skills, inner strength, and his ability to get the most out of the people around him. I believe in Matt now, just like I did 10 years ago, and I can't wait to see what happens. Joining me now is ESPN's Wayne Dre's Wayne. Once again, thank you for making the time. We waited a week here. The dust has settled. The, well, the term double doink to Chicago fans like yourself is a four-letter word. There is something I want to point out to you. Well, as a huge Boston sports fan, and of course now in 2019, clearly universally hated, People need to understand that uh, for de- there was a stretch of time, as we would say, decades, 
where the Celtics were pretty good and then everyone else was a disaster and they were terrible. And the thing is, it's one thing to not win, but it's one another thing to not win and there's no hope. The difference here with the Chicago Bears is I feel that for the future, there is a lot of hope. Uh, the thing as a fan, though, Mike, is, as I've said to friends of mine, there will not be a more enjoyable Bears season with this group than the one that just ended. Yeah. And the reason is next year will come expectations. Uh. And at some point along the way, they will lose a game they shouldn't lose. Mitch Trubisky will have three interceptions in a game. He shouldn't have had three interceptions. And the whole world will look like it's ending. Uh, I mean, I, I would argue that the unexpected 2015 Cubs, now obviously, you know, take winning the World Series aside, mm-hmm. through the course of the season was more enjoyable than the 2016 team, uh, just because of those expectations. So, yes, mm-hmm. there's hope, uh, but with that comes the idea of uh, you, you darn well want to make sure they deliver uh, given the heartache they gave a lot of the fans uh, a week ago. But that gets us to our story here where as someone who, like, I felt like as I more of a student also of the psychology of the game, and I see like while everyone dislikes the Patriots as I grew up there, uh, with the Crafts and then in the Red Sox and their winning ways and with uh, John Henry as the owner, it's amazing like when they get the right people in place beneath them, how all that seems to sort of permeate through the organization. And that gets us, of course, to your head coach in Chicago, Matt Nagy. And uh, for years, it seemed like there was, you know, that path you went on to become a head coach. You slept on the couch and worked for free and became a software coordinator and then became a head coach. But there were usually not many hiccups in that path. But, well, now it seems with uh, – Coach Nagy, it seems that that's sort of been blown up here in his path. Yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that there are uh, general managers and team owners that are like in the back of like Home Depots trying to find <laughs> their next football coach because we all know it's a copycat league, and yes. uh, you, you, know, you, you couldn't have a more uh, unique path to becoming uh, the head coach of, of the fran- of George Hallis's franchise than the path that Matt Nagy followed. I mean, you, you talk about someone who um, was kind of overlooked in high school, overlooked mm-hmm. in college, played at Delaware, ended up becoming an arena league quarterback. His NFL dream died with a tryout with the Packers. I'm not kidding. On September 11th, 2001, oh my God. Uh, he stuck he stuck in Green Bay because obviously nobody could travel on those days. Yeah. Uh, goes and plays arena league. And then the Arena League folds during the recession, and he's like, basically, I am done with football. I've got four kids and a wife I need to support. Mm-hmm. I can't keep chasing this dream. i got to go figure out a way to make a proper living. And he all but begged for a job uh, in new home sales. And what's funny is, you know, the original story about Nagy was, well, he was a realtor. No, 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 he was not a realtor. He was a salesman in one of those brand-new cookie-cutter suburban neighborhoods where you walk into the model home, and there's the guy there with the whole model plan of the neighborhood. Hey, come over here. You know, pick your lot. You know, what kind of coverage do you want? Like, on, like that was Matt Haggy doing that. 
and and and, and he did it really well at a really really difficult time, uh, you know, financially in our country and a, and a tough time in real estate. And then, you know, the Eagles called him to be an intern two years in a row. Uh, one of his former college teammates, uh, Brett Veach, now the GM of the Chiefs, got him in with the Eagles. And once he got in there, he decided um, he wasn't going to fail. And he did every single thing he could and tried to learn from Andy Reid and Doug Peterson and Lewis Riddick and anybody and everybody who was in those, those Eagles offices, he tried to soak up whatever he could from. Um, and it's funny, like, you know, like, like I just said two minutes ago, you know, I look at his story and think it's absolutely crazy. But when you ask him, you know, hey, Matt, you know, 10 years ago when you were selling homes, if we would have told you you'd be the head coach of Chicago Bears and you were going to be in the playoffs, what would you have said? I asked him that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you would have told me that I would have gotten the opportunities that I did, meaning got my foot in the door with the Eagles and so on and so forth, I would tell you I'd be right here. And he's not just saying that. He really believes that. It tells you the level of focus and determination and uh, just hard work that he put into achieving these goals that he once thought were impossible. But what's amazing, though, is, you know, sometimes when you, like, it's award season right now and you see, like, for entertainment and someone gets up and they win an award and they're like, oh, I have so many people to thank. And you think, like, do they, I mean, they really, like, it. Times that comes across as disingenuous, but then when you hear the story that you presented, like, should Matt Nagy ever get up and say that? He absolutely does. Now, we talk. You, you talk a lot about Larry Wisdom, the, the the guy who took a chance on him with the custom homes. But for me, it seems that like the real unsung hero in this story seems to be uh, the the Ravens coach uh, Steve Saunders, who wouldn't stop talking about him. For sure, for sure. So. So Steve, Steve is the strength conditioning coach of the Ravens. Back then, he was sort of a personal trainer uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and he had worked with Matt when Matt had tore his ACL uh, playing the quarterback of the Arena League. They became friends, so on and so forth. Okay, well, Larry Wisdom moves from suburban Chicago to this area. He's the president of this new homes company, basically, mm-hmm. and he's working out with Saunders, this trainer. And as Larry says, all of a sudden, like, you know, they're doing 430 workouts. And he's like, every day, Steve is saying, hey, you got to meet my man, my man, Matt. You got to meet my man, Matt. You know, he's a great guy. He'd be great for your company, on and on and on. And, 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 you know, as Larry explained to me, his mentality was, look, I'm fighting like hell to save the, the employees I currently have, yeah. given the current economic landscape. I'm not adding any new employees. And, and he just would not quit. And as Larry said, look, like, I came to the decision that, like, you don't want to, you know, for lack of a better term, you don't want to get on the bad side of your personal trainer because he can make your life a living hell. Yeah. Uh, so, he's like, so he's like, fine, I'll talk to him. Well, talking to him turns to dinner. And Larry goes to this dinner with Matt Nagy, and he's like, I have zero interest in hiring this guy. Nothing, don't care. It's basically a favor to my trainer. Mm-hmm. And within 10 minutes, he says he realizes that, Matt is a is a special person, a special character, and and Larry's somebody who's very into corporate leadership and yeah. um, creating environments for success. And he picks up that 
that Matt has these skills, that Matt has these sort of intangibles that you want in a leader. And, um, and eventually gets to the point where he offers him a job. The part that blows me away, Mike, is he offers him a job. The only job he can offer him is straight commission because mm-hmm. Matt has no experience. Right. And, Matt's, and Matt basically convinces Larry, look, I need a job with a regular salary because I got a family. I can't work straight commission. And so Larry's so impressed by Matt that he, that he agrees to give him like $100,000 <laughs> a year salary. No commission. Wow. And Matt says, you won't regret this, on and on and on. Uh, and he goes out and, and he, sells like, he sells like five homes, I want to say, like in his first four weeks on the floor, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and then the NFL comes calling after this. But, but certainly Steve uh, harassing Larry and, and not giving up and making that dinner happen uh, is one of, the, one of the reasons that, you know, Matt ended up where he did. And the other, and it seems the other unsung you always lost in all these stories of these coaches is the fact that you also had a little, uh, a little antidote there where Matt calls his wife Stacy about an opportunity as in the NFL and like how that conversation was like 12 seconds long because here she is like with the four kids, you know, and bills to pay, but he's basically saying, Hello, honey. I have an opportunity to do what I love and probably take a massive, massive pay cut. What do you think? And she was like, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he got the call to do the internship the second time around, they really wrestled with that and whether or not to even take it to Larry and bring up the idea that the Eagles had, you know, called him back to do this internship thing again. Because, again, he had, you know, Larry had put so much trust in Matt Nagy to, Mm -hmm. to work for him. And they both said to me, if Larry would have said no, no, I just hired you. I've invested a lot of money in developing you for as a future leader of our company. I don't want you to go. They both will tell you he wouldn't have gone. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. That would have been the end. There would have been no NFL. And right now, Matt Nagy would be living in Pennsylvania, probably bummed that the Eagles lost last night. Yeah. Um, that, that would have been his story. Um, and, and Larry agreed, you know, after Matt reluctantly asked, because he saw it as a growth opportunity for Matt. Go there and learn more and grow more as a leader, and then you're going to come back and sell homes like crazy. And that's what he did until the Eagles then called with a job. And mm-hmm. that was the one where it was literally bottom of the totem pole, but he had to talk with his wife, Stacy, and they agreed right away that this was something that they should do. And because of the money he had made and – the time he had worked for Larry, they had a little bit of financial flexibility that they could do this, yep. even though he was taking a, a, a massive pay cut to go from this home sales to a, a you know beginning uh, NFL, bring Andy Reid his coffee type job. But it also seems like when the interactions you were presenting uh, with Larry Wisdom, it seems like someone like the rest of us who has all seen the movie Rudy and, you know, who wouldn't want to go to bed at night knowing that you help make somebody's like Rudy moment mo- moment happen, you know, in a sense of course, that, of course. yeah, it's whereas to your point a, f- a couple minutes ago, yes. Like if they both agree, if I said no, he would have stayed there and he'd probably be like, you know, executive VP of the company right now. So on and so on. But the person that Larry wisdom is that it seems that he wouldn't be able to live with himself even less than Matt Nagy, knowing that, he that was there for the taking possibly down the road 
And he kind of stepped in the way and said, no. For sure. No question. And I think, you know, as Larry said to me, I was like, look, he goes, this grand plan I had, it, it failed. It didn't work. He goes, I invested money in Matt and Aggie that didn't end up, uh, you know, returning that investment for, for our company. It sure. didn't happen. He left, right? Uh, he goes, having said that, he goes, Matt has achieved things and grown as a leader and grown as a person in ways that he probably never would have if he would have stayed here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I think to me, you know, living here in Chicago and, and watching the sort of evolution of Matt's first year as a coach, it's really, really interesting to see the way he connects with players, his very unique um, coaching style, the, the, you know, a, a lot of the crazy plays he calls and the things he does, they have a purpose far beyond executing, you know, to get the next first down or to get a touchdown or a two-point conversion or whatever. They all have a psychological component, um, you know, bringing the defensive guys on offense and keeping them engaged, keeping things fun, letting them dance, being himself, like – all these things you think of, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned the Patriots, right? Like mm-hmm. Belichick, like super stern, kind of rules with an iron fist, his way or the highway. Matt is 100% a player's coach, and every once in a while, if you do something you shouldn't do, he will knock you back in line real fast. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so it's so strategic and so um, sort of calculated the way he is and the way he brings teams together. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's really been interesting to watch uh, here in Chicago. And you can also counsel them on things like what kind of backsplash to get, whether or not they should go with the open concept floor plan. I mean, these are valuable tools like for these young players buying a home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't want to go with the uh, – you, know, you want to go with the, the white cabinets is the thing now. You don't want to go with the, the cherry color. Yeah, it's like stop gold. watching yeah. HGTV. Shiplap is overrated. Yeah. Exactly. Go with the, go with the beadboard. Also, by the way, on this play, <laughs> there you go. Totally. But going back to like, when he made that leap, it seems that like the person that what made Matt Nagy so special to Larry Wisdom, like making that quote the call, that final one where it's like, listen, it's not. This is more than what we thought. This is what it's going to be. Like where your sense of loyalty clashes with the potential of you know. And then, like your brain starts to probably race. Like, if he, if Manegi is even half a human, he's playing out fifty scenarios in his head. Like, I'm going to call Larry Wisdom, and he's probably just going to scream at me and hang up the phone. But like, did was there was there any time where he was able to tell you like how difficult was that? Like ripping the band aid moment, as difficult as it would be for any of us. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think there was. You know, Larry explained it to me in great detail. A lot of. Um, apprehension and anxiety uh, in Matt's voice when he made that phone call, when he, when he told Larry he was leaving. Um, and, and they went, I, I, they went to, to dinner and talked about it, you know, to greater lengths. And, you know, Larry was almost the one, he was the one who sort of had to ease Matt's guilt mm-hmm. and say like, Hey, like, this is fine. Like, I get it. Go do this. Like go chase this dream. Um, you know, there's, there's a quote in the story where he says something along the lines, you know, go chase this dream. You know, we don't, you don't know where it's going to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you owe it to yourself and to your family to chase this. And, and I think those words kind of helped set sure. Matt Nagy free to not feel that guilt and be able to pursue that uh, with 100% uh, 
focus. And, 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 and to tell you, I mean, about Matt's character, look, this is, this is one guy uh, along a, uh, a journey where several people have helped him get to this point. Yep. And yet when Matt gets up there a year ago and takes the head coaching job of the Bears, and he mentions all the people that have helped him get there over a five, five minutes, he talks about this, he mentions Larry Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he's always sort of remembered and thanked Larry. I mean, him and Stacy refer to, refer to Larry as their angel. Yeah. Um, that sort of just came in their life at the right time and the, and the right place and helped them, you know, get on this path. And like, that's incredible to me. This is, this is a, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, a random executive that hired him for a job he had for less than a year. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. that was my next question. Like how long did he really, did he have the job? He, I mean, I, I don't think he was there more than a year. Um, by the time he got the training, I thought it was about six months mm-hmm. or so. Uh, where he, he had the training, sold a little bit, went to the internship, I think came back for a month or two, and then the Eagles called. So he wasn't there very long, and yet there's this incredible sense of gratitude and indebtedness that the Nagy family has to Larry um, for helping them on this journey, which I think is super, super cool and, and uh, speaks a lot to Matt's character and level of appreciation. But if also you don't believe that we either – in karma or that we live in the matrix or whatever, take your pick. You know, there's only this 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL and several of them are kind of entrenched for some time. And yet you need to look no further than Larry wisdom's uh, young protege, Matt Nagy taking over the team that this guy, Larry wisdom grew up loving. Yes. That's, that's, that's the crazy twist of all, right? Is that Larry grew up in suburban Chicago. Matt did not know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he got the Bears' job, had no idea that Larry was a lifelong diehard Bears fan who, you know, loved the '85 Bears, couldn't stand Mark Trestman. I mean, central casting <laughs> Bears fan, seriously. And and then all of a sudden, you know, this man who he, you know, becomes friends with and kind of helps send on this journey, it all comes full circle, and he becomes the head coach of his favorite team, mm-hmm. um, which is. Super, super cool. And, you know, he, he told me about, you know, coming here uh, last May and, uh, you know, they went to dinner and, you know, went to House Hall and Matt showed them all around and, you know, saw all the, you know, everything, you know, the pictures of Peyton and everything sure. that's in that, that, you know, building. Um, and just, you know, it, it was amazing. Um, and, 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 he, and he said to me, he goes, look, he goes, of course it's super cool to have a friend of mine who's, you know, the head coach of the Bears now, right? I mean, that's awesome. He goes, but – He's like, more importantly, because I'm excited that, that Matt Nagy is the coach of the Bears, and I know this guy, and I know what he's about, and I know his leadership skills. That's the guy I want coaching my team. You know, even if we were never friends and I didn't know him, he's the right guy to help my team get to where I want it to go, um, which is super cool. So the last question I'll ask you is, as a, as a Bears fan, speaking on behalf of Bears Nation, uh, now that we've let the dust settle, and now that you can have a nice, healthy chuckle because the Eagles lost, um, do you agree with what Wisdom said as you close the piece, which is, quote, I can't wait to see what happens? Absolutely, for sure. 100% I do. Um, you know, I think through the course of the last couple of days with, uh, you know, Vic Fangio taking the job in Denver, there was some uncertainty as a Bears fan as to who would fill that spot. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I think, 
Chuck Pagano is is a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think him and Matt have similar leadership styles, and that, that couldn't be uh, any better, and the defense will be in really, really good hands. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what Matt does now with another year working with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, if you think about it, you know, not to – not to put these kind of expectations on Pat or, or, or on Mitch, but Matt had a full year of working with, with, with Mahomes uh, before, before Mahomes had this incredible year he had. And this is his first year working with Mitch. So I think there's some expectation that he will be even better next year. And if that's the case, they'll be in good shape. The one thing, obviously, is you know they were, they were pretty lucky this year in terms of injuries. Nothing, you know, Eddie Jackson, they missed, obviously, the end of the season, but you never know what's going to happen in that regard. And, you know, if, if your quarterback blows out his knee or something happens to Khalil Mack or whatever, everything can go up in smoke. But at least as it looks on paper, they look like a really good team, and he looks like the right guy uh, to lead that group through what will be a much more challenging schedule next year for sure. Well, Mitch Trubinsky and Matt Nagy, in my opinion, offer a little bit more hope than, for example, Levy Smith and Rex Grossman. Yeah, by a landslide, absolutely. <laughs> no, no question, no question. So, and I think I think part of it too is I think you know Matt. If if if, if there's one thing to say to be critical of, of of him, I think he was a little bit too conservative with his offense at the end of the year, mm-hmm. not wanting not wanting Mitch to make mistakes and put them in a spot that would sort of threaten that really good defense. And I think Mitch has the ability and talent to, as we saw in that last drive do a lot more than I think he was allowed to do, especially late in the year. So I think a year, another offseason of them working together and understanding each other, and I think you know Matt will take some of those handcuffs off and you'll see a team that's um, hopefully you know just as uh, explosive on offense as they are as a dominating defense. Well, I know you'll be watching. I know Larry Wisdom will be watching. So, But thanks again, yeah, Wayne. Sure. But thank you so much again for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it, Mike. Take care. Take care. Remember to subscribe to Double Truck Stories Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with more Double Truck Stories Podcasts.